Welcome to the TVR show. Now that we're done with the show and the comic, it's finally time to get to the good stuff. Season 2, Episode 1, Predictions. <laughs> After some time has passed since Omni-Man left the planet, I believe we will see Invincible coming back from a short little mission, and the first thing we're gonna see is an interaction between him and Immortal. And he's looking at Invincible sideways. He shows up to Mark's house, letting him know that he knows where Mark lives now, and he'll be keeping a very close eye on him. He lets Mark know that he is definitely cautious and skeptical as to Mark's intentions still with Earth. You gotta think, Immortals only met one Viltrumite, and that Viltrumite betrayed him and all of his friends. So the fact that there's another one on the planet, they got a, they got a bad track record right now. Once this interaction's over, Mark heads inside the house, only to be greeted by Cecil. In the show, I'm sure he's going to teleport in Mark's bedroom. Cecil's got some bad news. It looks like the media somehow got a copy of the exchange in words Mark and his father shared together on that fateful evening during episode eight. It appears the world now knows. The hero once known as Omni-Man, his main goal was to conquer the planet. And now they know that Invincible was also his son. The audio does show that Mark was in fact protecting the people of Earth. But just like any issue, there's gonna be people on both sides. The only good thing that has come out of it is that Nolan only said Mark's first name, never a last name, so his actual identity is still a secret for now. But the same thing's gonna happen that's going on with Immortal. The entire world is gonna keep a close eye on Invincible now. Once Mark goes downstairs, Cecil teleports the hell out of there. We see that Deborah's not taking it very well. She was very, very strong in the show compared to the comic. I think we're gonna see a little bit of a break in her character though. Uh, the events that happened in episode eight, they're absolutely gonna put a toll on her emotions. She's distressed. It looks like she's starting to drink, but luckily the tailor is coming over to console her. And we'll see this happen a little more often. And I just gotta say, man, <laughs> Robert Kirkman and the illustrators, I mean, these guys are cold-blooded because she's crying, watching on the news and having to relive what happened because of the audio leak. And right there on the coffee table, is a number one dad mug. And you know, these, these fucking guys are cold-blooded, man, for putting that shit there. For now, we'll leave Invincible and go see what the Guardians of the Globe 2.0 are doing. It looks like the team's gonna be taking on a new recruit. Goes by the name Bulletproof. It's stated that he's just as fast as Red Rush and almost as invulnerable as Omni-Man. If these two statements are true, this guy's gonna be a goddamn badass. In the comic, Donald is still alive, okay? That's one of the big differences. Are we gonna find out that Donald's a clone or a robot or cyborg or something? Who the hell knows? Probably not, right? If they had cyborg type technology or anything like that, they wouldn't have hired the guy that does reanimate. But there's still a chance. I do think that they will introduce Bulletproof though. And it's gonna be interesting to see him in action. After the recruit is introduced, we see Cecil bringing in a mortal to be a consultant for the Guardians of the Globe. Now, Robot in the comics is kind of on probation. He's been messing up. His team hasn't been performing as well as Donald and Cecil and the rest of Guard thought that they would. So they're bringing in Immortal now, you know, a seasoned veteran 
to help out. And not necessarily to be a leader, but to advise. We're going to call him Don Corleone. <laughs> now, if the Guardians of the Globe are slacking, I think it is going to be in part because Robot now has a human form in the show. I'm very much alive. More so now than ever. I feel if they're going to push the agenda that he's not performing his duties properly. I mean, he's he's looked like a damn grub his whole life in a tank, right? Now he's finally got a human body. Uh, he's been into Monster Girl the whole time, right? He did it for me. So I think that he's gonna be a little sidetracked. We're gonna see more scenes of Debbie progressively getting worse, having breakdowns, drinking, and it's going to play a toll on her relationship between her Mark, the tailor, and perhaps another new friend or two that she'll start confiding in. And we'll see that the whole secret identity thing with her being with Omni-Man and having Invincible as a son, we're gonna see her sharing her secret a little bit. And we may or may not find out this season if that was a good idea or not. One day, Cecil messages Invincible, you need to get to the Pentagon immediately. This is an emergency. Upon his arrival, we see the Atlanteans. Remember Fishman? <laughs> what the fuck was his name? <laughs> uh, whatever, whatever Aquaman Fish's name was, it's his species, the Atlanteans. It actually doesn't even say the species name in this area, so we're just gonna call them Atlanteans. Hopefully that's right. The Atlanteans are at the Pentagon asking for Invincible. It appears that the audio that leaked to the media has made its way all the way to the bottom of the sea. Cecil gives Mark a quick breakdown, and it appears that because Omni-Man killed Aquafish, <laughs> the fuck is this guy's name? The Atlantean law states that he must now become their king. You keep what you kill. They said that once in a Chronicle of Riddick movie. I think it was Chronicles of Riddick. Keep what you kill. You keep what you kill. And it looks like that's the same rules they live by. Invincible's worried, oh my, oh my God, are you guys gonna kill me? Am I gonna get executed? And no, that's not the case. It's time for you to meet the queen and marry her. Invincible's like, whoa, there's something we gotta be able to do, right? Can't, can't do this. And Cecil breaks it down to him. He's like, listen, they control all of the oceans. If we were to have any kind of problem with them, they could cut our supply routes. They, I mean, they could, they could cause a lot of damage to Earth's economy and just Earth in general. It would appear they are a superpower that is not to be messed with. So, Invincible, being the nice guy he always is, he says, okay, I'm all yours. And he jumps in the ship and they take off. Cecil's super worried about what's going on, but we see Invincible's not. He's taken in the sights. When Invincible gets down to their underwater city, they give him a pair of compact mechanical gills. There appears to be some kind of underwater portal. I'm gonna say it's like an underwater air bubble that he's in and able to cross through. And Robert Kirkman has Invincible throw a little jab at the old Star Wars universe, making fun of Jar Jar Binks' little uh, underwater world. <laughs> There's always a bigger fish. Invincible steps through the threshold, and what do we see? but a beautiful, hot, aqua fish. <laughs> Being the nice young man he is, he throws out a, hi, and her fish butler is furious. You will address her royal highness as your majesty. 
at all times. You damn air breather. But Her Majesty doesn't want him talking to the future king like that and puts Lethen in his place. That's his name, Lethen. I'm sorry, Your Majesty. And just when Invincible thought things couldn't get any worse, he finds out the ceremony is today. Now this is gonna be one of the funnier things of episode one. It turns out that the man wears a battle dress. <laughs> and we see Invincible is not a big fan of his battle dress. He's like, wait, I got a battle? And Lethen's like, yes, and then afterwards you copulate. Essentially, the ritual is gonna be, you wear your battle dress to show off to Queen Aquarius, and then a creature known as a Depth Dweller shows up, you battle it, and if you win, you have to have sex with her in front of the entire stadium. This is an important part of the ritual, Lethen says. Invincible's like, wait, I don't get to leave the stadium? So, so I mean, he, he's kind of game. If he's got to get with Queen Aquarius, he might. But not in front of everybody, he's got stage fright. In Invincible's earpiece, we hear Cecil. He says that he's got his guys in talks with the Atlanteans, and in a few days, everything should be cleared up. And that's when Invincible breaks it to him. Uh, the ceremony's in a couple hours. Cecil's like, ah, oh, fuck. You gonna be banging fishes. <laughs> now getting ready for this, we see Mark talking to Lethen a little more, and he comes to realize it appears that Lethen is in love with Aquarius. With some quick thinking, Mark devises a plan to get out of the marriage and get Lethen married to Queen Aquarius. The biggest problem though is he isn't royalty and he's not a warrior. And those are two things that you need to be to even get close to Queen Aquarius. Let's see what kind of plan Invincible devises. The time finally arrives. They swim into a massive stadium. It's like the Colosseum, but in Atlantis. And a Queen Aquarius just has her little bikini on, just, you know, fucking laying down, showing off the goods. Step forward, Invincible, and claim your destiny. Lethen yells. The crowd is cheering. Who isn't up for a fucking sweet-ass battle? But we see Invincible cowering in fear. I can't, I'm too scared. Invincible whispers, yo, do your thing, man. Lethen's like, you have to, you must protect the queen. All of a sudden, the Depth Dweller shows up. This thing is fucking gigantic. I was not expecting this. It fucking rips up. Lethen is probably pissing his fish pants, and it's clear that he doesn't have enough power to even scratch this thing. So Invincible does some kind of fucking Hulk super clap and just makes him rocket towards this thing, smashing it in the chest and knocking it the fuck out. And I'm surprised that Lethen isn't knocked out. Dude should have got squashed, but the plan comes together perfectly. Queen Aquarius is, oh my God, Lethen my hero and they just start doing the nasty invincible's like oh, oh sh i <laughs> yo see you guys later and he fucking dips meanwhile the crowd roars with excitement <sighs> it would appear episode one is off to a funny and adventurous feel until we see a war-torn city broken buildings fires people screaming on the streets Running for help. It looks like we're in Times Square. On the gigantic TV, we see 
invincible, speaking to the people, resist and die. Invincible tells the people of Earth, your cooperation is essential so that the changeover is as painless as possible. Any form of resistance from anyone and you will be terminated on sight. It appears we get a glimpse of a world where Invincible accepted his father's request to join him and conquer the world for the next couple hundred years until Viltrum comes. We see a hooded man running through the back alleys, trying to stay hidden. He goes down into a secret base where we see a mortal and robot. The two of them seem like their spirits have been beaten. They ask if he's been followed. They're definitely afraid of Invincible and Omni-Man. While talking back and forth, we find out that this new character is equally as smart as Robot is. But something about him, Immortal just doesn't like. But then again, he doesn't like Invincible either, right? While they're talking back and forth, BOOM! Omni-Man and Invincible rip down into their secret lair. You should look up more often, Invincible says. Omni-Man being the absolute savage he is, walks up to Immortal and tells him a lesson for your next life and just claps his fucking hands on Immortal's head, making it, ex <laughs> making it explode like a fucking watermelon. Invincible grabs Robot. Robot tells him that it doesn't matter what happens, he's gonna upload himself somewhere else. And before he can even do it, Invincible disassembles him and crushes his head, telling him there's not gonna be anything left to rebuild. We find out the name of the new character is Angstrom. After seeing this, he cowers in fear, begging for his life. Invincible and Omni-Man step closer. Then out of nowhere, a green portal opens up behind him, just large enough for the top half of what looks like the identical twin of Angstrom, except a lot better dressed and a lot less scared. He grabs on to the other Angstrom, pulls him through the portal, and they're gone. Invincible and Omni-Man are left clueless. What in the world was that? Omni-Man looks insanely confused. That's a new one to me. And that's the end of episode one. This is gonna be a great start to season two. We're gonna see that there's actually a multiverse and what looks like Angstrom being able to traverse through the multiverse. This opens up a lot of possibilities. If you enjoyed my prediction for episode one, make sure to hit that like, subscribe, and throw a comment out. What'd you guys think? Are you excited? And remember, this is the TVR show, of course. So if you're ever too busy to watch the videos, you can always listen to them. And let me tell you, episode two gets way crazier. Stay tuned.